In episode one of It Doesn't Have to Hurt to Heal, a story of micro-stretching, you got to know a little bit about where both micro-stretching and its founder, Nikos Apostolopoulos, came from. In episode two, Nikos and I get into a discussion about just what is micro-stretching, how it works, and why. And yeah, we do dive into the science a little bit, but, well, actually, Nikos dives into the science. But don't worry, it's not too filled with jargon, because, as every good therapist knows, when it comes to healing, it's not just science. There's an art to it. Enjoy. Today, we'd like to cover, like I said, let's get into a bit of the science behind it, how it works, what makes it work. Um, how you developed it, um, and then we'll get into the, if we're not going on too long, because I might entitle a second episode of this, of this, like part one and part two of this particular chapter, but mm -hmm. we might be able to get it all in. Yeah, yeah. Um, training other people, how the training of it, how do you pass on what you've learned to other people? Okay. And then, um, well, we'll see where we're at that point. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So let me, let me get, uh to the intro part of this and uh, we'll get going thank you right off the bat there we go hmm. okay <clears throat> so in uh in chapter one we looked at where micro stretching came from out of your accident and then you're wanting to help yourself heal and how you've taken that to others so next i thought that knowing what exactly micro stretching is would be beneficial not only for the layman, but for the people out there who want to become practitioners of this therapy. therapy. Um, so let's find out about that, how it works so well in aiding recovery and rehabilitation, um, and how that process is totally beneficial for someone who's recovering from injury or someone who's trying to maintain excellence in their physical stature and physical capabilities. And also, I got I got to put a codicil out there. Don't worry if you you don't need a degree in kinesiology to understand what we're going to talk about. But for those of you who do have a degree in kinesiology, you'll really understand what Nick is talking about. So, you know, knowing what micro stretching is is one thing, but understanding where it came from and how it can aid in the healing process. That's what we're going to talk a lot about today, like the science behind micro stretching. So let's start with that, Nick. Can you talk a bit about what you learned in your research that took you? towards micro-stretching? Well, you know, it's kind of funny, Brian, I did this ass backwards. <laughs> Most people would do the research first, but what I did is after my motor vehicle accident and then my subsequent surgery where I've had spinal fusion and C5, C6, I, and like we said last time, I needed to figure out a way to basically help myself heal so I could function properly. I actually developed a whole therapy behind the use of gentle stretching because that's what micro stretching is. It's low intensity, uh, passive uh, stretching, very, very gentle. And the whole idea behind why we needed to be gentle was the concept of pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, the body itself is um, an instrument that basically adapts to any type of stimulus and pain is a stimulus and no pain is a stimulus as well but let's look at the pain let's look at the concept of pain the, according to the international association for the study of pain it is a um, sensory response that actually can involve 
the potential of tissue damage. So anytime we take our body to pain and discomfort, we are potentially exposing it to cause tissue damage. Now let's segue into the neural system because microstretching, Brian, is, is, is a multifaceted uh, sort of approach. It looks at the neural, it looks at the endocrine, the hormone system, and this is what all my research looked at specifically with, with inflammation and that gets all involved with, uh, within the research itself. And that research that you did, that came after you actually started the micro-stretching process on yourself, which wasn't micro-stretching at that point, that came later. Correct. In fact, I have to say that I developed a good clinical practice um, in Vancouver for about 24 years or less, I should say, in Vancouver, maybe 20 years where I worked with a lot of sports medicine doctors in Vancouver, like Dr. Jack Taunton being one, Dr. Jim Bovard, another one. A lot of physiotherapists started referring to me. And let me tell you something, guys. It was never that easy in the beginning. There was a lot of skepticism involved with using th stretching or as a, a therapeutic modality. Where did that skepticism come from and, and why was it there? It came mainly from the established professions mm -hmm. uh, physical therapy uh, predominantly physical therapy uh, and the thing that actually was the gatekeeper for opening up micro stretching uh, wasn't the actual it, its use in uh, how do you say the exposure came not from being affiliated with the sports medicine doctors and these uh, physical therapists. The exposure came from working with a guy named Peter Twist, mm -hmm. who at the time was the strength and conditioning coach for the Vancouver Canucks and a dear friend. And like anything, guys, in order for you to basically really get a sensation of what micro-stretching is, is you need to be stretched by me. As you well know, Brian. Right. I'm, I'm not just the person who's talking about it. I'm someone who's benefiting from it. Yes. So Peter Twist uh, basically came to my clinic and I stretched him. And then he saw the benefit of taking micro-stretching or using micro-stretching with the Vancouver Canucks. And, this, and I worked with the Vancouver Canucks from 1994 to about uh, 98. And then I transitioned over to working with the Vancouver Grizzlies and the gatekeeper for that was a guy by the name of Troy Wenzel who uh, opened up the NBA to micro-stretching through the use through the work with the Vancouver Grizzlies and uh, the very first athlete for NBA was Dennis Scott <clears throat> so now the thing is the traction for having micro-stretching being accepted in uh, society was through high-level sports and and also as I mentioned before Dr. Jack Taunton. Dr. Jack Taunton started his first referral to me was his doctor Kristen who at the time was a, ho a field hockey player who had lower back problems and they couldn't solve her issues so she he sent her to me and she got better mm -hmm. now the whole idea about she got better isn't that my hands are miraculous it's, but there's a how here there is the how yes. and the how again is 
pain and no pain. Mm -hmm. Tension, no tension. You got to realize that anytime you cause pain and discomfort, your body's response to it is to remove itself from that stimulus, which is the whole thing of what we call the sympathetic nervous system, SNS. So the sympathetic nervous system is one arm of the autonomic nervous system. So just to, for the layman people, your nervous system is split into two categories. One is your sympathetic and one is your parasympathetic. The sympathetic is the one that gets activated if somebody scares you or you're basically running for your life mm -hmm. or uh, the whole idea of fight. So you're going to sit, make a stance and fight somebody. Well, that's a very powerful hormonal stimulus and it's been designed to be able to help you deal with, with uh, the issue of, uh, uh, of a stimulus that needs to be addressed. And so what I'm getting at is Just that, before we go on, let's talk about that, what that actually is. That's the fight or flight syndrome. Correct, Brian. Mm -hmm. You are right. That's the fight, flight, or fright syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you cause the body to experience pain, you are stimulating the sympathetic nervous system. And every lecture that I've given internationally at universities and conferences, I say that the sympathetic nervous system is the great teacher because it's going to teach us about our environment. You put your hand on a hot element, you're never going to do it again. Voila, mm -hmm. you've learned. And that is through pain. So let's take that concept of pain and then put it into the therapeutic realm. And to me, it makes no sense whatsoever why a person has to experience pain in order to help their body get better. It doesn't have to hurt to heal you. Correct, Brian. It doesn't have to hurt to heal you. And that's the most important thing. So by being gentle, by not stimulating the neural system, by creating an environment where there is more support for the body to feel first and foremost that it's not going to be put to pain is where you're going to make the greatest gains. As I've often said, the greatest gain is made with no pain when it comes to recovery and regeneration of the body or when it comes to actually helping a person get better. They have a lot of tension in their system already, which is a sympathetic nervous system response and the SNS or the sympathetic nervous system is itself associated with inflammation and the inflammatory response. So when a person is already in pain, they have inflammation in their body. So it makes no sense to me whatsoever to create more pain, which then is going to cause more inflammation, which then is going to actually help the person not get better. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there that will say to me, Hey, Nick, when I go to my massage therapist or when I go to my physio or even sometimes my chiropractor and they put me through pain and I'm grimacing and stuff like this. But after a while, when I get up and leave, I somewhat feel better. Yeah, you do. But what that is, is the fact is that because you've been going through all that pain, your neural system is heightened. It's and you got to realize that the neural system is what helps the muscles contract and not contract. So by creating a lot of pain at the muscle level, inadvertently, you're also causing fatigue. 
through the neural system and that's when you're going to get that release. But it's short-lived because two or three hours later, maybe the next day, that pain that you've put your body through during the therapy comes back with a vengeance. Sometimes. And isn't that one of the essential differences between what micro-stretching can do for the, for the patient, the person in need of your therapy, as opposed to what the other prescribed therapies that have been out there do? Because one of the things that I've experienced when I've been treated by you is that immediately, like after the very first treatment, I felt different. And I've been through, you know, double knee replacement surgeries, uh, patellar tendon repairs, and the subsequent physio after those things is torturous. I'm, and I'm not using that word lightly. It literally is. And what you've done to me, um, the laying on of hands almost, it's like there's not a lot going on there, it feels like. But when you get off the table, it's like, what am I feeling? This lightness, this balance, this this energy in the muscles that before felt sore and tight and not firing properly, they felt like they were ready to go. Well, Brian, correct, because what I've done is I basically looked at this concept of pain and no pain, looking at tension, no tension. So my whole approach has been to be able to create that environment where once you as a patient relax mentally, your whole body is going to relax as well. <laughs> and the key has been that you work with the neural system because the, there is the connection between the neural system, the endocrine, and the hormonal response. And all these three things are what basically helps our body communicate with the environment. So here's a classic example, and I give this, I give this example to a lot of my, and I, I know I said this to you, Brian, the first time I met you, mm -hmm. is that, okay, some friend of you said, some friend of yours says to you, Brian, you gotta go see Nico, man. This guy's the best thing since sliced bread. He's helped me with my problems. He's helped me with my pain and I feel better. So, you know, you're in a, listen guys, let's be honest here. The greatest motivator for you to go see therapists, any therapist is pain. Of course. <laughs> you know, it's pain. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately it's a, what I call a reactive response is a proactive response. Because honestly, if you want to get yourself better and be able to continue building, you know, just just doing things on a daily basis or continue to be that weekend warrior or that uh, elite athlete or that professional athlete, you have to be proactive as opposed to reactive. And that is the very, mo that is a very, very important thing for you guys to keep in mind. So Brian, you come to me after let's use our friend sam hill sam hill says to you brian you got to go see eagle greatest uh, uh greatest person for helping me my body get better so you come to me you lie on my table and then i stretch the schlitz out of you <laughs> i stretch you to the point of pain and discomfort mm -hmm. and you are sitting there grimacing because here's another thing guys just because you guys are patients doesn't mean you have to be a silent patient. Yeah. You have to be able to let the therapist know how you are feeling. And if this therapist is hurting you, open your mouth. It's mm -hmm. very important. So, Brian, I'm stretching you to the point of pain and discomfort, and you leave, you get off the table, and the first thing you say to yourself is, man, did this guy have a fight with his partner, <laughs> you know, his wife or something? Like, yeah. did he take out his stress on me? Yeah. Because let's face it, guys, I'm a pretty big guy and 
I could really stretch the body aggressively to the point of pain and discomfort. So Brian leaves, phones Sam Hill up and says, Sam, I don't know what you were smoking or something like this, dude, but hey, I left there in more pain. And but Sam will say, Hey Brian, Brian, don't worry about it. You gotta work through it. You got and this is the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. We're always conditioned to think that we have to work through this pain with our therapist. Let me tell you again, the greatest gain is made without pain. So, Brian, here's the thing. A week you book another appointment. Not only that, but you're also thinking, man, I'm out 150 bucks. This guy just took his all his frustrations out of me. Yeah. I've actually lost money. I'm not better. But I trust my friend Sam. And then I go and I say, okay, dude, I am going to go back and see this guy. So sure enough, you know what? By the time you get into your car, by the time you get into your car, Brian, and you actually come to see me at the clinic what's the first thing that's going to go through your head the thing i'll tell you what's the first thing that's going to go through your head you're going to be saying to yourself my god last time i was here i was in so much pain that i don't know if i want to get put be put through this again so right away before you even get on the table your body is already tensing up you're emotionally taut your 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 muscles are not loose and you're not in the space where you need to be to heal Correct, Brian. And that's exactly what it is, guys. So Brian gets on the table and he is a bundle of nerves because he's expecting me to really beat his body up again. So guys, where's the healing? Mm. There isn't any. Now, the reverse is, let's say I create the environment where, as Brian has experienced it, he comes in and he gets stretched gently his body gets put through many different positions, but they're all gentle. That's where you basically get off the table and you think to yourself, hey, I'm refreshed. Mm -hmm. I feel lighter. I feel balanced because I am not activating the nervous system to create more tension in the body. I am, for lack of a better thing, is I'm deactivating the tense nervous system to release. So right there, Nico, is where I'd like to really explore micro-stretching is because that's a vast difference from what has been my experience with physiotherapy over the years. I mean, there's a lot of stretching that goes on when you have your knees replaced because you have to stretch tendons and muscles and get them back to where they usually were, were prior to your surgeries or your injuries. The pain there is incredible because you've got very tight muscles. But what you do doesn't involve any of that pain so how do you know how did you find out that that procedure the process was healing people well because i had to heal myself there you go brian i'll tell you right now and first and foremost let's segue here and say guys this is not a podcast of putting down other modalities every modality has a place Mm -hmm. in our society But this is a podcast where we're saying, and I'm saying, and Brian is saying, is that you don't need to go to pain to heal. It doesn't have to hurt to heal you. Exactly. So the thing is, I have to heal myself, Brian. And I've often said this, unless a therapist has experienced chronic pain themselves, they really don't know what a person's going through. They may have a 
empathy, mm -hmm. uh, but based on how they're educated, mm -hmm. they actually have these certain procedures. And the whole idea is that what I've created is a huge paradigm shift in thought because it's very, very important that we realize that the best way to make the biggest impact on the body, uh, both at the macro and micro level, and micro level being the cells, because listen guys, first and foremost, stretching is a force. It's an external force that is applied either by you when you're doing your self stretches or by a therapist that is actually stretching you. And that force actually can affect the body down to the cellular level. There's been some studies done at Harvard University that have even shown that the force that is experienced at the surface level can actually affect down to the genetic level. And because the bottom line is, and here's something I want you guys to keep in mind, we are constantly, constantly being affected by force and that's called gravity. Mm. And gravity is always working on our bodies. So then as we move through society, as we adapt through society, we are exposing our bodies to different environments and different forces, which will affect us. And listen, all the, if, how many of you guys have seen people that are walking down the street and all of a sudden they've got like, you know, they, they have a body that's quite deformed where all they're doing is they're a, only able to look at the, the, the sidewalk because they, they can't straighten up. That's because there was an injury or something. They may have had a genetic de deformation or they may have had a, a very bad injury, uh, may have had bad scoliosis. And over the years, they adapted their body in a way to be able to do the most efficient movement they can with that body and gravity working on top of them. So we are also working with gravity, but the thing that you have to keep in mind with regards to force is that the force itself, depending on the magnitude of the force, it actually can affect down at the cellular level and then your body has to respond so for every force there's an equal and opposite force and the opposite force to that is you know a chemical response as to what's gonna how the cell is going to respond from the force creating a chemical response then that chemical response is what we're looking at with regards to how that can actually cause inflammation or no inflammation. The, the reduction of inflammation is the goal for any person that's active, any person that suffered an injury. How exactly does micro-stretching help to uh, control inflammation and in fact uh, speed the recovery from inflammation? Well, I, Brian, as you well know, I have a PhD in muscle physiology and inflammation. Um, and getting back to what started this whole conversation is this PhD came at the tail end of micro stretching. I mean, I'm not by all means in the imagination, I'm still doing micro stretching, but <laughs> I started it uh, and it was anecdotal evidence. Every time I used to go and give a conference call, a talk anywhere in the world, you know, the people would say to me, where's the proof? Where's the proof? Mm -hmm. And Guys, at the age of 51, 52, I actually uh, sold my house in Vancouver, closed my clinic in Vancouver to the disappointment of a lot of patients that... <laughs> I can imagine. You know. Yeah. And I went to England, to the University of Wolverhampton, 
where I actually did my PhD. And Which you can get online if you want to take the time to look through it to find out exactly what is behind the science behind micro-stretching. Correct. And uh, I mean... We'll put that link up in the introduction. And the PhD dissertation is on on uh, uh, is uh, at the University of Wolverhampton's repository, but I was also fortunate enough to write a, a textbook for Springer Nature called Stretch Intensity and the Inflammatory Response of Paradigm Shift. Now, the thing is, what I looked at and what piqued my interest more than anything is this concept of intensity. Intensity is a qualitative response, which basically means that, you know, my three or four out of 10 or my eight or nine out of 10 on a numerical rating scale, a scale of tension and pain and whatnot is different from everybody else's. So what I wanted to see is, is there an association between aggressive stretching, high intensity stretching, which is what we call it, high intensity stretching and inflammation. And my research showed, and it was the first, all of the researches that, all my research that I did for my PhD dissertation, which then subsequently became that book that I mentioned earlier, basically looked at how this concept of intensity can cause inflammation or not. So my first studies were the first studies in the world to look at human subjects, blood biomarkers, so we, we were measuring inflammation. So I don't know, here in Canada, just to give you a segue, to become a phlebotomist, it's an eight-month course. In England, I did a weekend course, and voila, I can take blood. <laughs> For those of us who aren't quite as educated, what's a phlebotomist? <laughs> well, it's actually a person who collects blood. Uh, I didn't, so, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I collected blood. Right. And it was a weekend course, which I did in Birmingham, which I then was allowed to collect blood from my subjects. Whereas here in Canada, if I was a PhD student or even in the States, I would have to have a nurse practitioner mm -hmm. or a medical doctor collect blood. Right. Or, or a phlebotomist yeah. or a person who, like when you go to the labs, these guys are trained. Mm -hmm. So I did a weekend course. But my studies were the first studies to look at human subjects, blood biomarkers, and stretching. And what we showed in these studies is that if we stretch to the point of pain and discomfort it's caused us inflammation and that inflammation could be because the tissue is being torn or it's being traumatized and that brings us right around to where we started in the with the actual uh, title of this podcast it doesn't have to heat to hurl you hurt to hurt you and that's the sorry it doesn't have to hurt to heal you Let's get that right. Um, th that's the whole thing that keeps coming back throughout the, the thread of this conversation we're having is the fact that so many people who are in pain because of injury or are in pain because of muscle tightness or whatever. That or conditions like or conditions. rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, yeah. you know, fibromyalgia. They don't want to go and experience more pain. They want to go to someplace where they're not going to be in pain because that's the whole idea behind seeing a therapist. Correct. And I mean... Here's the funny thing about it that we have been conditioned to think that in order for us to get better, we this whole archaic response, guys, no pain, no gain. Mm. 
if you're looking at it from a training point of view where you're trying to get better for running or lifting weights, yeah, you have to go through pain because basically you are forcing your body to adapt to higher loads. And that, that concept of no pain, no gain has a place in training. But when it comes to therapy and recovery and regeneration, mm -hmm. it's the complete opposite because pain causes inflammation and inflammation and pain there's more tension in your muscle and that is counterproductive so my whole viewpoint has been that for instance now let's look at this concept of inflammation because it's something that just popped into my head there's two schools of thought yeah one school of thought says that we need inflammation because what inflammation does it's the body's response as to uh, breaking down the tissue and then it creates this whole cascade of other chemical responses for it to lay down new tissue to repair. Okay, from an acute point of view, this is what's actually happening with how we train. Yeah. Okay, now, if a person has chronic pain, the issue becomes that within that body that has chronic pain, there's inflammation. Now, the one thing is, and this is for the therapists out there and even the non-therapists, so I'm going to use a layman's term first and foremost. It's called pro-inflammatory proteins, which basically means that these proteins are released and they are released in response to inflammation. The technical, not the, te the, the uh, chemical term uh, is called cytokines. Pro mm -hmm. So cytokines, and listen guys, if you, you have, all, because of this COVID thing, this is really interesting, I'm going to say this. Yeah. This COVID thing that all of us have been experienced is an inflammatory response. Our bodies are mounting a reaction to a uh, virus that has basically need to, needs to be contained and that's your inflammation now what happens with people with the covid is those that aren't able to to mount a good strong response they actually get sick as you well know guys that is known as a cytokine storm and why am i saying this because no matter if it's covid or if it's training it's inflammation and the thing that you got to keep in mind is how these inflammatory proteins work. So if you've got chronic pain in your body already, you are these pro-inflammatory proteins, cytokines, are actually in the environment circulating over and over again. And the thing you got to keep in mind, which is very important, is that the cytokines themselves have a way of working in the body. So they have three means of working. One is what is known as an autocrine response, which means that they themselves can re-release themselves. There's a paracrine response, which means that the one cytokine can affect the other cytokine to continue releasing itself. And then as you guys know, this is the endocrine response, which basically means if one cytokine can actually cause or the cytokines can cause a reaction, which then becomes global. It becomes systemic in the body, which is what's happened with COVID. 
COVID, the virus gets into one part of your body, your body mounts this charge to try to contain it, and then the cytokines go crazy, and then your whole body becomes involved with the, the virus. So it's the same thing with training. It's the same thing with therapy. So the one thing that's very, very important is you have to realize that when I, as a therapist, or when you, when you are in therapy itself, and you're taking the body to pain, and this is a person who's got chronic pain, pain can cause the re-release of these pro-inflammatory cytokines, which then can cause more damage to your body. And this is why micro-stretching is gentle, because I want to sort of abate or decrease their effect. If I do it through pain, I'm only increasing their effect. If I do it by being gentle, I am decreasing their effect. So we looked, as I said earlier on, in blood biomarkers, and we showed that anybody who stretches to the point of pain and discomfort, and, that, and most people that I've often asked, it, asked out throughout the years, is what I said, what intensity are you stretching at? And they will say, oh, on a scale of zero to 10, I'm stretching about a seven or an eight where I can really feel my muscle or I can really feel discomfort and some pain. Guys, I've worked with young athletes and the other thing that's very important is, and they'll tell me this themselves, is they hate to stretch <laughs> because they stretch, they're stretching to the point of you, pain. You hear that from everybody over the years, oh, did you stretch? Oh, I don't want to stretch. You yeah. know what? Sometimes you need to stretch, yeah, particularly when it involves micro-stretching. Yeah, you need to stretch, but you need to stretch to the point where it's very, very gentle because, listen, most of my patients that have been on the table and have worked with me, I kid you not, they start getting lulled into sleep. Yeah, guys, I can testify to that. Yes, and guys, um, here's the other arm of the neural system. It's the parasympathetic. That is the system of healing. So we said that the sympathetic nervous system basically is a system of teaching you about your environment and you learn through tension and pain. The parasympathetic nervous system is a system of healing. And you know what? It's the parasympathetic nervous system that needs to be stimulated in order to help the body recover and regenerate properly. And what is that? That's just sleep, man. So when you basically are able to help the body decrease its tension and you're activating the parasympathetic nervous system, you're getting it ready to basically step down all the tension and get ready for sleep. And listen, I don't care what therapists are out there, the, the ultimate therapist for helping us heal is sleep. And that's a good place to end this portion of our podcast. Nico, I got to tell you, I'm, I've been sitting here um, amazed at the breadth of your knowledge, for one. And two, the fact that you can recall all of that without looking at any notes. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing that what you carry in your head. Um, and I think that that's something that we really want to get into in terms of just what that knowledge is taking you to and how you're using that knowledge to benefit not just athletes, but the Joes out there, like myself, who like to go out there, you know, weekend warrior, like you call them, and uh, utilize our bodies in, in ways that, uh, you know, are beneficial to living. You know, I mean, people think that being able to move 
is something we should take for granted. Well, it's not. It's something that you have to work at if you want to keep it going throughout the breadth and course of your life. Um, no, so, yeah. it's true, Brian. And I mean, I'd like to end off with a quote that was uh, said by Aristotle, the philosopher, the Greek philosopher. He said, movement is what is closest to the soul. So, guys, think about it. If you actually are in constant pain, it's affecting you mentally and emotionally sure. while you're moving. Yep. Right on, Nick. Okay, great. Right. Let's wrap Thank it up you, there. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Bye.